after me today. Today is my receiving day. From this moment on, I expect only good things to happen. No more delays. No more disappointments. No more holdups. No more setbacks. Now, now, now is a set time for God's favor on my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, hallelujah. So we, you know, we got our bedrock truths, of course. God cannot lie. His word is true. We trust in him. Jesus is the same. As he is. Come on now. God is for us and not. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to talk to you. Uh, I, I've, I'm sure you've seen the signs around. Because uh, I've been working on a, well, this theme just keeps on rolling around. Together, we make a family. Together, we make a family. And, and we're, you know, because we're, we're called a family church. And so I want to, I want to dig into this because it's, it's pretty cool. Um, right from the beginning, um, family was God's idea. Right? Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the, all the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female created he, them. And God blessed them, verse 28, and said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Subdue it and have dominion. That's how he set us up, right? So um, I got this notice, uh, this note. Families are close to God's heart. In fact, we are his idea in the first place. From the beginning, when God created him, um, he, he, he said, be fruitful and multiply, right? But now just jump over to Genesis 2.18. And, and the Lord said, it is not good that the man should be alone. And I'll make him uh, uh, a helpmeet for him. See, God's idea was on family. And uh, <laughs> he created a woman to, to be a helper, somebody that's suitable for him. And even after they fell into sin, God provided a way. Because he's the a, he's a, he's a way maker. Right? Let's jump over to Genesis chapter 3, please. We're just going to build a little foundation because that's what we do. We're teaching church. Amen. Verse 14, and the Lord said unto the serpent, because you've done this, you're cursed above all cattle, above all, every beast of the field, and all, on your belly shall you go. Uh, Dust shall you eat all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed, her seed. It shall bruise your head. You shall bruise his heel. Now, uh, in the message in verse 15, it says, I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He'll wound your head, but you're going to wound his heel. Thus, the attacks on the families. And we've seen it over throughout the years. There's been an attack on the families. So let's go to Genesis chapter 12, please. Thank God he didn't leave us there. God always provides a way. Amen. Genesis 12, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Abram, Get out of your country from your kindred, from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. I will make of you a a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. 
Come on now. And you shall be a blessing. Verse 3. I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curses you. And in you shall all the families be blessed. God's best for us is to have a family that is blessed. Amen. He said it. And God's word is true. We believe that word today. So what makes a family stay together? Well, strong families have warmth. They have care, good communication, predictability, strong connections to others outside the family too. Why? Because what this does is it's building blocks, right? Look at there Out of this one commentary, it said this, looking after yourself is an important part of raising a strong family. If you don't look after yourself, how can you build anybody else up in your family? If you're the head of the family and you're not looking after yourself, how can you lead them? Right? And so um, <laughs> this is good. It says, or, or, or you could, what are you bringing to the table? Right? We come here to learn so we have something to bring to the table. This is why we go to church right? Church is all about family. I'm jumping ahead. But what makes a good family relationship? Well, in healthy family relationships, people, they, they, they trust, they rely on each other for comfort, support, love, affection, warmth. Families often share common goals, which goes hand in hand with grace, forgiveness, all of that. Psalms 139, please, 14. Psalms 139, 14. <clears throat> Come on, we have to look after ourselves. David looked after himself. He said, I, <laughs> well, actually, let's go to 13 because I like this. For you have possessed my reins. I love that. David talking to the Lord. You have possessed my reins. You have covered me in my mother's womb. Uh, and thus, really, I will praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions know this. And sometimes you got to take, you got to have a chat with yourself, and you got to remind yourself so you can know this that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not just some piece of junk. You're not like a platypus filled with leftovers. No, no, God made you on purpose. I know, platypuses are made from extra parts. That's why they look so weird. But not us. God designed us on purpose for his purpose. Amen? New Century Version says, I praise you because you made me in an amazing and a wonderful way. You have, what you have done is wonderful. Okay. Are you going to say that about yourself? Lord, what you did over me, this here, this is wonderful. Right? Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the message says, I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. What a piece of work you made. So when people call you a piece of work, yeah, hey, hey. I resemble that remark. Why? Because I'm made in his image. Amen. I resemble that remark. Yeah. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, please. Glory to God. Philippians 2. God's electric power company. Things you learn. That's the, the, you know, that'll stay with me into the millennium. Yeah. 
Why? Because, uh, you know, you, you, the things that you're taught and you apply, you remember. Amen. So, uh, Philippians 2.13, it says, um, where am I? <laughs> yeah, wrong page. How about, <laughs> I'm looking at verse chapter 3, I'm thinking, uh, no, that's not it. <laughs> no, verse 13. For it is God which works in you. Okay, you can put a period in there, right there. God is working in you right now. Well, it doesn't look like it. I don't care what it looks like. God is, it's written here. God is working in you and both to do and to will of his good pleasure. I like what it says in the New Living. God is working in you. He's given you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Allow him to do his work. Don't fight the process. He's working. And the passion, God will continually revitalize you. I like that. He's going to continually revitalize. Come on. You, you see all these, all, all these commercials on TV or where, you know, all this makeup is supposed to revitalize you. Well, you use the Holy Ghost and he will revitalize you. Yeah. He'll make you look like, hey, hey, hey. Why did an old woman like Sarah make the boys go crazy? She was an old woman. She found the fountain of youth, the Holy Ghost. Amen. We look around. Come on. We're, we're, you know, we're amongst the aged, but we're, we don't look it. We don't act like it. I'm getting ready to go to a high school reunion, and uh, <laughs> I've seen pictures of some people that are my age that don't look that way. That's all I have to say. Praise the Lord. City, silly putty would probably do good. Spackle. <laughs> Fill it in. <laughs> so what makes the family special? Well, love, attention, help, support, forgiveness, acceptance is given to all, whether it's deserved or not. We don't earn it. We don't work for it. It's just what we do. It's one of the best things about being in a family. Also, it's the basis where we learn to give grace to others outside of our family. You, you use your family, give grace. Come on, not, not everybody's like a blue ribbon sheep in your family or in the church for that matter. We're not all blue ribbon sheep, don't you know? So what's a church family? Well, I thought you would ask. No? Well, I'll tell you anyways. A church family is a community of people that attend church together. Isn't that deep? I know, but it's true. And, and, and not only that... More than that, a church family shares in the fullness of faith and life together. A church family support, uh, provides support during the hardships of life. Like when someone faces the loss of a loved one or loses their job, a church family celebrates life's greatest milestones as well, such as a new baby or, or a marriage, baptisms. Right? Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, please. Again, we're talking about together we make a family. It's not by ourselves you don't make a family. You can't. It doesn't work that way. Hebrews 10, um, verse 24, please. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love unto good works. I like that word provoke. I do that a lot. There's a calling on me to provoke people. I know it. Because it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it just it comes on me. Uh, and, and I can't fight it. And I can't help it. And so if I, you know... Some of you have had your grocery cart smashed in you. And, and it's just what I, it's a calling. 
I can't help it. Also, yeah, I wake up calling. <laughs> but it says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly together of ourselves, as in the matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more that COVID's done. <laughs> For real. We need to like we need to get back again because so many people are under that stigma and, and under the fear of of residue. But there's a residue here. Family, anointing, love, come on, power. The Holy Ghost is here. Amen. He sure is. Um, in the New Living, it says, listen to this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. Ways to motivate one another in acts of love. That's why I put that sign up there on the front. Let love be the motivation of everything that you do. Everything. Why? Then you will succeed in everything that you do. And it says, let us think of ways to motivate uh, one another into acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together. Don't neglect that, as some people do. But encourage one another. Not discourage, not gross them out for not showing up, but to, <laughs> come on now, <laughs> but, but to encourage, right? We can, like, there's three words, three little letters, dis, or we can use the two letters of N. Are you going to discourage somebody or are you going to encourage, encourage somebody, right? We have the, we, and we have the option, and I, I choose to encourage because discouraging people will not get them here. If anything, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make them want to honker down and say, oh, forget you. You're not going to tell me what to do. Come on. You ever have somebody come up to you and say, yeah, you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that then. No. no. Anyways, encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Passion. Discover creative ways to encourage others. Come on, be creative. We want to do some things. We want, we'd love to do some things in that field, but I watch that field every day. People take their dogs out there and they're bagless. Don't slip on that field. Don't play baseball and slide to catch a pitch. <laughs> That's all I have to say. It will not be good. There will be a lasting residue on you. So discover creative ways to encourage others. The Aramaic can be translated, look, let us look on one another with the excitement of love. I like that. Be excited when you see people, especially the ones that you haven't seen for a while. Be hey, it is so good to see you. My goodness. I've missed your face. And to motivate them towards act of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away or neglect or abandon. There's a word. Abandon. Because people that stop coming, they're, they're feeling abandoned. And, and that, it's our job to encourage them. When you see them, hey. Not where you've been. How you been? How you been? How you, how you doing? Right? The, it says, or abandoned. The Greek implies a person who's extremely discouraged. A lot of people have been discouraged so much, and you can see it on their faces. 
And, you know, and these are people, uh, you know, the ones that were wearing a mask were able to hide the discouragement, but it's not, you can't, you can't hide discouragement in your eyes. Your eyes are the window to your soul. So you can see it. But now that, you know, a lot of people are now maskless, you could see the discouragement on their face, which means, okay, that should be a magnet for you. And just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to just, you know, and, and keep your distance, but say, hi. How you doing? Reach out. Huh. In fact, we should be coming, uh, should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward. Encourage. Encourage. Encur- I'm an encourager. I like to encourage people. And most of the, uh, not most, everybody here is an encourager. Come on. Anybody in this room at the drop of a hat can pop off a bunch of verses that'll just get you so excited. It's like, ah, oh, do you know who you are? I'm going to tell you, right? Then you start, you, you know, a lot of people memorize the I am list. Why? And then it's like, okay, I am, and you are too. Listen, this is what you are. Let me tell you what you are. You're not a COVID person waiting to get by. You're more than a conqueror. Come on, you're the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're constantly getting all your needs met by the Lord daily. No weapon formed against me will prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Any disease that tries to touch me will die. Come on. Aha. So, a church family also disciples and shepherds one another, inviting deeper faith and closeness to God. That's what the church family does, right? This unique and special community, I like that. It's, we're unique and we're special. Why? Because we help to spur each other towards Christ-like love and good deeds that reflect the work of the Spirit in a, in a believer's life. One church family shows the compassion, kindness, and love that followers of Jesus are called to demonstrate. That's what we do. That's our, that's our aim. That's our purpose. That's why together we make a family. Together we can get this job done. Together, working together. And, and, and you watch what happens when we start looking past each other's faults and stop pit, you know, pointing out, well, <laughs> put a blind eye to that stuff, right? Ephesians chapter 2, please, verse 19. Again, together we make a family. It's going to be my thing. Now, therefore, you are uh, no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. New living. I love this. It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. God has family on his mind, and so do we. Amen. We want a healthy family. We want a prosperous family. We want a family that has healthy relationships. Glory to God. Why do you think pastor's been teaching so much about prosperity? Because he wants you to get it. He wants you to be prosperous in your spirit, soul, body, finances, socially, and family, every, in every way. This is why, you know, he repeats, repeats, repeats. Why? 
because it goes from your head to your heart, from your heart to your head to your head to your heart. Then all of a sudden, one day, revelation. You get it. You get it. So believers, therefore, are members of God's household, God's family. The phrase church family captures the depth of life that people share. I like that. So if we're church family, there should be a depth of life that we share together. And most of us know one another's needs. We all know what we're all going through. Everybody, and, and there's a support system with that. And it's so, so good. Believers who go to the same church don't just sit in the same building Sundays and Thursdays. Church members go through life together, much like a family. You know, we experience the joys, the sorrows together. We have the same desire to live as Jesus lived through the ups and downs of it all. And that's what becomes a family. Right? Stuff happens. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So stuff is going to happen but we have an overcomer living on the inside of us so that when things happen to our family members, we can go in there and just reach out and help them. Bring them along, bring them up, bring them out of that, that, that heaviness. Amen. How does the Bible describe a church as a family? It says there are many places in the Bible where believers are described using family language. This is how the early Christians acted. They spent a lot of time dwelling together, living out their faith like a family. They ate together. They worshiped together. They spent time with one another in fellowship. That's what we do on Saturdays. Spending time. Getting together. Sundays. Spending time. Getting together. Thursdays, spending time, getting together. The more that we do that, you know, and, and it's like people think that um, we, because we ask you to come on a Thursday that we're trying to control you. No, we miss you. That's the bottom line. We miss you. We miss our family. We get to see you once a week, and it'd be nice to see you twice. Why? Because we miss you. It's not a thing, well, you got to come to church on Thursday. No, you get to come. Why? Because we get to hang out with family. That's the deal. The more that we hang out with each other, the more that we rub off on each other. You've got things that I need. I have things that you need. If you're not here or I'm not here, well, somebody's missing out. Right? So we want to make, like, <laughs> it's not a thing. You got to come on Thursdays. Glory to God, no. Mm -mm, you just miss your face. <laughs> we want to see you. We get to come. Listen to this in the Message Bible. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13 in the Message. Sums this up so good. It says, you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, and cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Amen. We said, Jesus is Lord. We didn't stutter. 
It was a fact. It wasn't a question mark. There's a period. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed, sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew, Greek, slave, or free, are no longer useful. They don't work. <laughs> they don't work. We need something larger, more comprehensive. Drop down to verse 25. The way God designs our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. You hear that? Every part depending on every other part and parts we mention and parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt. That's family. And in the healing, same thing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. Come on, if somebody gets blessed, we celebrate with them, right? Why? Because you are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. As long as you accept your part, your position to play in this body, will it mean anything to anybody else? I thought that was pretty cool. So you have a part to play, but you've got to believe in your part. You've got to know your part and be experienced and educated in your part. Build yourself up. Learn some stuff to make your part the best part you could possibly be. Amen. If you're going to be a bicep at a body, you want to exercise that bicep so that it has definition. It's got strength. Why? It might have to carry something really heavy. And that's the same thing. Whatever your part is in this body, exercise that. Why? Because the more that you exercise it, the easier it becomes to use. When you use to, when you, if you've got a gift and you, and you get used to exercising your gift, it'll flow out of you. No problem. Right? You'd be like orange juice or like an orange and you just squeeze it and bam, juice, orange juice comes out. What? And then people get refreshed from that. Right? Let your part be a refreshing part. Amen? Amen. Galatians 6.10, please. Are you getting anything out of this? Yeah. Praise the Lord. All right, me too. Galatians 6.10, um, 9, actually better. Uh, let us not be weary in, in well-doing. Don't get tired. Don't allow yourself to get tired. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all, especially unto them who are the, of the household of faith. Who's that? He's talking about the church body, right? And he's, it, this body in particular, but the body in Christ in, in, a, in, a, in a whole. Be nice to people. If you be, come on, if you practice being nice to people, it's not going to be a, a <laughs> it's not going to be so hard when you run into an idiot. And you will. Come on, there's people that are sent against you just to, just to be an aggravant. 
But if you're used to being nice to people when that aggravant shows up, it's like, oh, how are you doing? And you might be thinking to yourself, you idiot. Anyways, but you're being nice. Why? Character. Character. Um, New Living, it says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should be good to, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Family. It's all about family. So, I found this out. How can I help my church body feel more like a family? What's your part? Everybody's got a part to play. And when it comes to helping a congregation feel more like a family, we look into the commandment that Jesus gave as an important foundation. That's to love each other as Jesus loves. But also, you know, to make it practical, volunteer. Volunteer. Do something so so that way you become part, an integral part of, of this body. Because if you don't do anything, um, you're, gonna, you're not going to have a purpose. And God wants you to have a purpose. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, right? There's a purpose. There's a plan. He has a plan and a purpose for you. But if you're not hooked up into the body and you're not finding out um, by volunteering, what do you like? What's good for you? Not only that, there's friendships that are made, right? If you become an usher, you're going to get to know uh, Rick and, and Ann very, very well. And you're going to notice that they're, they're a blast to be around. They're fun. Rick's got a sense of humor that's, <laughs> come on now, right? And, and, and like, you know, I, I just started to, to get to notice some, some people that are here, um, Ken, I just got to know him, and I found all kinds of stuff, cool stuff about him. That had I wouldn't, had I not had a conversation with him, I never would have known. Right? And there's people that are on this side of the room that have not met the people on this side of the room, and and this side of the room it's over there. <laughs> we don't touch that. People over here don't talk to anybody back behind the booth. Right? but everybody talks to Dale and Carolyn. Why? (laughs) They need her. Yeah, they're they're the gatekeepers. (laughs) You want to, yeah, paid. (laughs) Pay the ladies, yeah. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So volunteer. Do something. And it might be once a month. That's cool. Because so, for that one time a month, you're going you're gonna to have an opportunity to know somebody. Um, with love for one another comes mutual respect. Giving one another the benefit of a doubt, trust, seeing one in one another as God sees in you. God sees you complete. When we start to see one another complete, we won't be talking about them. We all do it but we're working on getting better at do, not doing that, right? Come on now, we're, we're, all in, we're all in different phases, in different processes of growing. And so let's give ourselves some grace, right? It's the power of love that, bo- that binds the body of Christ together. And the message in verse, uh, Hebrews 10, 24, let's see how in- inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Helping out. Just being a help. If you know somebody that has a need, help them. And here, 
this church here, you, you guys, you're helping people all the time. My goodness, you, you see it. Um, you may not see it, um, but you hear about it. It's kind of like, a lot of you guys are like the wind. We don't see what you're doing, but we see the effects of what you have done, which is very cool. It's very cool. Um, so let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on. Spur on. You ever ride a horse? <clears throat> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful advantage of being a Christian is that we get to be a part of a church family. We get to do this. When we commit to a congregation through the ups and downs of life, and there's been many, right? But we keep on going. Uh, the body of Christ is there to show love, compassion, support to one another. Scripture not only refers to believers as family and the household of God, but we should view one another the same way. Together, we can encourage righteousness, love, furthering God's kingdom as a church family. Now, talking about pastors, um, Ashton was talking earlier about honoring the pastors. Let's, talk, let's go there in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, please. Because I'm not sure if you've um, seen the... the uh, I posted some things on the, on the doors and windows about the elders as well, and you need one, and we'll get to that in a minute. But... This is the role of the pastor. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he, God, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What? For the perfecting of the saints, the building up of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What, is he do? what are they there for? Pastors are there to create family, to create a family atmosphere so we can become family, friends even if you will, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect person unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ the Anointed One, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sleight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive but by speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Grow up into him. Family. Family that grows together will stay together. Amen? Even when things get tough, we still come back. There, there's like, a, um, uh, like the um, boomerang, the boomerang effect. It may go up, but you'll come back. Right? And so... Um, but speaking the truth in love may grow up, up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. See, we're a body and we have to fit. There, there's, there's parts here that, that fit. We all fit into one thing. When we all, when these fingers here lock into these fingers, which fit, try to pull that apart. You can't. It's like a threefold cord, not easily broken. Not easily broken. Verse 16, from, the whole, from <clears throat> whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body uh, unto the edifying of itself in love. The body will edify itself. The body will 
encourage itself. The body will build itself up. What? In love. When you love somebody, it's easy to encourage people. Especially because when you love somebody, you can tell where, where they're at. Right? And so you just do what you do. So elders. Um, I should name the elders earlier. And they're, they're great people. And the, the role of an elder is, is summed up in James chapter 5, verse 13. This is, this is what they do. I'll read it to you in the uh, New King James. It says, any, if, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing song. psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray. The elders are here for you to pray over you. That's their job. It's not a job. It's a calling. It's what they're called to do. Let them pray over him, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall, will save the sick. The Lord will raise them up. If he's committed any sins, he'll be forgiven. And, but the elders, their pastor's extended hands. And they're for you. They're for your family. Um, as pastor's representative, elders stand with the pastor. Their agreement with the ministry vision and can tell you what the ministry vision is. Their pastor's eyes and ears among the flock because they, can't, they don't have the time to, to make sure that everybody's doing okay. And even Jesus set it up that way, that there's a, there's a leadership and, and, and under each leader, he, he put groups of people. Why? So these leaders can minister to these groups of people. Right? They, they carry out delegated responsibilities. They bear the burden with the pastors. Right? And, and really, the burden is, 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 is caring for people's spiritual warf and, and spiritual welfare, praying over them, checking, you know, doing the phone call. How are you doing? How's your week? Let me encourage you for a minute. God, show me a verse. Let me share this verse with you. And people are doing that. I'm seeing this happening all the time. Now. People, people are, are shooting verses back and forth, right? And that's what you do. I remember when I was uh, uh, in one of, the, one of my tours of duty as a youth pastor. <laughs> I had a few. <laughs> um, what we would do uh, with the leadership, we drew names. And I said, okay, now for this week, that person whose name you drew, I want you to pray for them every time you think of it. And, and then at the end of the week, we're going, to have a, we're going to have a chat. I said, so how was your week? You wouldn't believe the cool things that happen. Why? Because somebody else is praying for When you know somebody's praying for you, there's a certain um, confidence that, that arises, right? When you know that somebody's got your back and, and they're praying for you, and it's like, man, I can... Come on now, New York, New York, we, we can go anywhere. We can make it. We're going to make it. So if you, um, if you don't have an elder, and some of you do not have an elder, there are actually at the paid, there's these, uh, these slips, and, and it's um, a personal information update form. If you write on that slip, please give me an elder. Put your name, phone number email address, or even email me, because you guys get my devotions and all that stuff, and we'll make sure that, that you um, get on an elder's list, because these guys, they, they know how to pray. And you should, like, the, the miracles that have happened through the prayers of, the, of our elders, 
You, if you don't have one, you need to have one. Amen? Huh. Amen. Can you handle a couple more verses? And then we're going to have communion. Um, Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to read this to you uh, in the Living Bible. It says, why is it that he gives us these special abilities to do certain things best? It is that God's people will be equipped to do better work for him. Building up the church, building up the body of Christ to a position of strength and maturity until finally we all believe alike about our salvation and about our Savior, God's Son, and all become full grown in the Lord. Yes, to the point of being filled with Christ, the anointed one. Verse 14, then we will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone told us something different or has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. Huh? Instead, we will lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more in every way like Christ, who is ahead of his body, the church. And under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly, and each part in its own special way helps the other parts so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. It's good, isn't it? Last verse. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 in the Message Bible. And I didn't write this, but it's really cool. I'll wait till you see it. Um, it is 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Message. Massage. And that's about it, friends. <laughs> it's like okay that's it that's about it friends be cheerful keep things in good repair keep your spirits up think in harmony be agreeable do all that and the god of love and peace will be with you for sure just do that you'll have a good time you'll be okay amen amen, amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.